tell you what, when the Pro Football Ireland, it is, uh, I don't know, it's 13 days since we last recorded. Michael McQuaid, uh, Mark Hogan, Michaela Fagan. Uh, obviously, folks, Super Bowl done. Super Bowl over. Season's over. Well done. Massive congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs in that unbelievable game against the Philadelphia Eagles. I think we've heard and talked about the game death so you know just generally it's been it's it's, it's been a great few weeks and, and we massively appreciate your support uh, there is no off season so thank you very much for your continued support of listening to this podcast mark how are you, you good i'm surprised you didn't pick up the american twang the amount of time you spent out there in america michael it's weird now that like we're Graham back to this... after three weeks <laughs> yeah right it's weird to be back doing this online seeing as we had such a ball over there in arizona i think on our last podcast live from media row we talked to death about how insane it was to be there so i uh, back down to earth in the old uh, comfy chair here michaela we, we missed the crack for me genuinely over the last few weeks um and like literally i felt bad because it was like Get up at 6 a.m., going to bed at 11, not even going to bed at like one, working all day, experience of a lifetime, but we still missed the crack. And, um, I guess you know, it was a hell of a game, yeah. Obviously, I was very disappointed, but picking to support the Eagles this year, you know, they got to the Super Bowl, so we couldn't really. It's a classic, though. I mean, like, it was a like classic, you... like, and um, once it went into halftime, we'll obviously talk uh, like. You know, we're, we're obviously not going to go into a lot of detail into it, but like once it hit halftime, I was like, okay, we're 10 points ahead. I think we can do it. And then the second half, the Eagles just took their eye off the ball. I think the defense played very poorly. And when Kadarius Tony got that, like, what was it, like 60, 70 yard punt return, I was like, that's it. The game's over. They're going to come back and win. I'm turning off. I literally turned off and went to bed because I was feeling. Not turn this. Oh my God. Oh my God. I turned That's it off. If I, support, if, I, if I didn't support either team, I would have watched it. But the fact that I support the Eagles, I was like, no, no, I'm going to bed. This is not, it was three in the morning at this point. Like, I can remember, I'm not going to lie here, Mark. I can remember the Seahawks one as a Broncos fan. And let's just say it wasn't, I didn't watch a lot of it. I will say though, I'm like, let's, let's not focus too much on it. I could maybe go back and talk to it some of it. I think when you're talking about the Tony player there, there was a real shift in the stadium. You could really feel it. It was like a 60% Eagles crowd, Mark, but it was a great, great atmosphere. You, you, you met a few lads from, was it Monaghan and Cork or what was the crowd? I don't know. Yeah, Monaghan, yeah your man was wearing a Cork jersey because his father was from Cork. Oh no, Kerry. No, it was Kerry. He was wearing a Kerry jersey because his dad was from Kerry. But yeah, a couple of Monaghan lads just walking by. One of them opened the door for me or I opened it for them. I said, lads, I must have a chat with you. So whatever. Genuinely, you just wanted, you know, two Irish or three Irish lads. It was mad to be over there. But um, yeah, no, that was gas to see them in the stadium. I, 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 it's been that long since it's been recording. I hit mute three times there. It's been, it's been a mad few weeks. But I think honestly, really excited to get into the off season. And when we say off season, there, re- there really isn't an off season. You got the league year, which starts two days before Paddy's Day. We've obviously got Paddy's Day. You ones in the south of two bank holidays. We we need to have a podcast about that and discuss how we can get two bank holidays and not the one. But that's for a different podcast at a different time. Uh, then obviously the draft coming up at the end of April and then you've got the hullabaloo after the draft you've got free agency beforehand as well and then it does die a bit but we've a few interesting plans you've got the you got the local season coming up uh, in a few weeks which starts in Ireland both north and south in the next two to three weeks and you've also got the game not just the college game in Dublin but the college football season which starts in August and September time so it's going to be an interesting season we're really excited to cover it, but we're going to have a bit of crack. First off, we're going to 
talk about favorite moments that we had last season. Uh, I'm going to start off, try and get one or two each. And I think people can guess, and I hope I haven't talked this away from someone, but my favorite moment last season by far, and it was a better moment for me than the Super Bowl, was the Munich game. It was the best weekend I've ever had in a, in a long, long time. It was absolutely nuts from eating strange German food on a Saturday morning to singing country roads on the way back on the Sunday. And Mr. Hogan, Michaela lost his voice after the game. It was it was great crack. Uh, and I'm honestly really, really excited to see both the games in Frankfurt and Munich. Rumours going around um, in Arizona that it may not be Frankfurt. Could potentially be Dusseldorf and Frankfurt. Who knows? We have no sources whatsoever. But um, that's my first year moment of the season. I just loved it, and I'm really excited to see the grow the game grow. I have no doubt that looking at the the growth of the league that we'll have a game in Spain in the next few years, just from seeing a Spanish presence on Radio Row in the Super Bowl. And Mark, please tell me I didn't take your favorite moment of the season. No, you didn't, but I'm just thinking about those sources and the rumours that gone around because I can tell you, I started a few rumours ourselves wearing press badges gone around Phoenix telling people what games are going to be in Germany next next year. Um, yeah, I think I think that was a good moment to pick. I suppose it's on a personal level. Germany was savage, and I suppose to pee back on it, I also had a personal one as one of my favourite moments of the season, but it was a game that was a classic, was the viking saints game in london it was my first time getting to cover a game from the press box for an nfl game that is which was class but i kind of you know had to look back on it today and you know we're rewinding now to october 2nd when the vikings came out a blistering opening drive but then i went back to look let's see in the next 12 drives we got seven punts a vikings interception a saints fumble two field goals and one saints touchdown so the game just the sting was completely gone from it. We're all looking to the clocks and thinking, when are our plot flights? We might leave a bit early, get out of here. And all of a sudden, the final eight drives, um, it was scoring every single one, a couple of touchdowns for uh, a couple of touchdowns for the Saints, one for the Vikings, and then that doink that we got at the very, very, very doink. end by the Saints that it looked like it was gone. It wasn't even a doink, it was a double doink. So that game, and especially how Justin Jefferson came alive and it kind of told the story of how he was able to beat out top cornerbacks for the rest of the season, that I think that was a, a good game to be at. And I suppose it sums up like the talent that we saw and the savage games that we saw this side of the Atlantic after, you know, since we hadn't had any playoff teams, I don't think since 2019 or 2018 play in Europe. So yeah, getting those games this year was savage. For people in the North, uh, North, North, North Tyrone and people in the UK, uh, England, Scotland, Wales, savage means good. Michaela, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm joking by the way. Michaela, um, like a lot of great moments this year. And Mark mentioned there the the double doink. If you go on my Twitter, I'll, I'll send you this link later on, right? But there was somebody, somebody stood and I didn't realize until I was in the press conference after that game that there was a doink. I just thought he missed the kick. I had no idea that that happened. But that was a great game. The London games were great. And I know we're really excited for them this year. We've got them. Um, Obviously, the Bills coming over. It's all still TBC at the time of recording who they're going to face. But um, intrigued to hear what your favorite moment of the year was. It's not really fair because you guys have these personal moments. Like, even if I went to Munich. Like next I did, year, next year, next, next year. year. Exactly. I'm going to have your heads melted. I'm going to be going to everything. But no, I did want to go to Munich. And I'm actually pretty devastated that, like, you know, especially for if you were in, like, you were in Munich. So, like, you got to see, like, Tom Brady play, like, the year before he 
why I wanted to go so it's kind of sad that like it's a personal moment and I just have to think oh what did I enjoy the most out of the well, season my, my my next one Michaela is gonna be a play okay so, like, uh, like don't, don't um, worry it's grand. I'll start off I have a question can our moment of the season be a negative kind of moment like a sacking yeah Go okay, so I'll start with a positive one first, though. I think one of the best moments of the season was genuinely the, the Jaguars and the Chargers game. And just overall, the fact that the Jaguars could go from the first overall pick in the draft to the playoffs and after the the mess they had with um, Urban Meyer and stuff like that. But especially just that game with Trevor Lawrence, I think for me it was... It was such, you know, it was, it's one of the reasons why you watch the NFL. Like, it's never over until it's over type thing. And, you know, to go from throwing four interceptions to four touchdowns and, and beating a really good team and a really good quarterback was just, like, one of the highlights for the season for me. It just reminds me why I loved the game. I went to bed at halftime on that, so I can't really say anything in regards to our, our opening conversation. Uh, and I tell you what, like I said this on a different, I said this on the podcast previously, I had the fear the next morning. When I woke up and seen that they came back, I'm never doing that again, especially in the wildcard weekend. Um, that's, you know, both really good favorite moments. Uh, I'm going to jump, this, this this happened the same day as the Munich game, November the 13th, the Vikings-Bills game, 30 fleet 30 It's funny because like people are saying about how the Vikings, obviously we know what happened to them in the playoffs, but they had what, like a six or seven game run where they only won by one score. Like for them to win, they, that was a hell of a win. It, it, even looking back in the night in Buffalo, 33 to 30. Um, and Justin Jefferson with that catch, nearly 200 yards on the day. That game, I think, started the conversation for a lot of people in regards to, well, it ended quite quickly after, but in, in, just in regards to Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, how far can they go? And I remember sitting in a bar and, People were asking questions about the about the Bills. Could they see it out? Could they see a, a long road down the playoffs in January? And for both teams, it wasn't to be. And both teams have got question marks going into the to the next NFL season. But that game was just sensational. It was exactly what we needed after that crazy Munich game. And there was people in the bar that were sitting there from the early window. So they were going up, or sorry, that, that early game in Germany. They couldn't get a ticket and then sitting early window and then late window. That was an incredible game. That catch is one of the best catches of all time. Um, and that is my non-memory moment, sort of. But uh, a hell of a game, a hell of a play. Mark, have you got another one for us off the top of your head? Yeah, definitely. No, and I'm I'm glad we're going to do this. Uh, is it Cliff Kings for getting fired? Or? <laughs> no, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was buried in the back of my head. <laughs> um, now, it's good that we're talking about these games because mine actually is from week two. I absolutely loved, and this is because it happened so early in the year, but I was high on the Baltimore Ravens coming into the year, and then they jump up, what, 28 to 7 at halftime versus the Miami Dolphins. With five minutes to go, it's suddenly 35 to 35. Two minutes to go, the Ravens are back ahead, 38-35. And then Tua Tungalov-Bailoa, you know, he had a sensational second half, 42 to 38 with 14 seconds left. It was a classic game that kind of, it's it showed what the Ravens, could have been injuries kind of ruined their seasons of course the marquise brown trade you know hamstring an already poor wide receiver group but when rashad bateman in that game had a 75 yard uh, touchdown i remember tweeting it out because it was savage camera angles released almost instantly of it and it showed you know the flashiness of both teams and you know from a miami's 
standpoint, we didn't know what was to come between Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill just being the yards monsters that they were. And, you know, it was the two teams there at that point after that game. People are saying, yeah, these are genuine threats for the AFC. Like I said, the injuries got the better of Baltimore, even in that game, I forget to mention, but there's a 78 yard rush from Lamar Jackson. Like for most of the year, he was leading the league, I think, in in rush yards. So it, it it was a glimpse of what could have been. It's obviously a shame how things turned out. But at that time, I remember being super in on the Ravens and it kind of contributed to why people were low on the Cincinnati Bengals for a lot of the year because it looked like the Baltimore Ravens were going to run away with that division, even though they ultimately lost that game. In upcoming weeks, I think they lost the Bills and then beat the Bengals on, was it Thursday night or Monday night, 19-17? Um, so... Yeah, it was just the freshness of the year as a whole and what could have been. I think that's what I love about it. I love those early season games. And even I remember it now just because it was, oh, what could have been. That was, I actually forgot about that game almost. That was a hell of a game. That was pre-Tua getting concussed a lot. God help him. Hopefully he's okay next season. Michaela, uh, your final favorite moment. Was it popping on this podcast and meeting us or what was the, the favorite moment for you this season? Yeah, I suppose that was an okay moment, you know, wasn't the best, wasn't the worst. Um, no, I'm just joking. But um, my kind of, I'm going to cheat a little bit here and do, it's kind of like the same team though. But my favorite moment is like a kind of negative moment. And it was kind of, it was Matt Rule and Cliff Kingsbury both getting the sack um, from their head coaching jobs because you people might think like, what what should I be Matt Rule for? Like the... Like when I was looking at, you know, they they he traded for Sam Darnold and then he traded for Baker Mayfield and they didn't work out and you know Baker's been obviously released or whatever and he literally wasn't even there a full calendar year and then also you kind of look at the draft picks that the Carolina Panthers had they've had three top ten draft picks in the last three drafts it, like to me it was unacceptable the you know the the way. The way they were, you know, acquiring players, the the games they were, you know, they couldn't get a good record. So like, I was actually kind of happy he got sacked because like, he says, I was thinking to myself, he's not going to bring them anywhere. Like, he's not going to bring them back to the promised land with, you know, Cam Newton and you know, going to Super Bowls and stuff like that. So I'm glad he finally got the bullet. And then I was even think more glad that Cliff Kling Klingsbury did because. There's some people, everyone will say this about me, there's some people that just get on my nerves for no reason. And Cliff was one of those guys. I don't know why, but well, I say one of the reasons is kind of like looking at that team. They had Kyler Murray and they had DeAndre Hopkins and they had JJ Watt. And it's kind of like they choked every year that Cliff was there hot for a couple of games. And then they just choke and you know not not make the playoffs and then this year they were like atrocious they're one of the worst teams so I'm happy when bad head coaches get the bullet so them two getting the sack this season was was a highlight for me because it just brings drama when head coaches get sacked Matt Real getting a huge payoff in Carolina uh, ironically now folks if you don't follow the college game you should he's now the head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers so he's landed on his feet technically and I'm sure Mark can go into a separate podcast talking about Cliff Kingsbury, a guy that couldn't win with Patrick Mahomes in college. And uh, I, again, when I'm on my deathbed getting last rites from the priest, I want those three and a half hours back on Christmas night for, the, for that Bucks cardinals game. Sweet Jesus. Uh, I almost forgot though, you, you, you make a good point, Michaela. I forgot that Rule got fired early. 
he was he was out weeks before. So was Hackett, for example, in Denver. Uh, right, let's say uh, we've got two things here and then we're going to wrap it up on this podcast. Um, I want to hear your MVPs the next season. Mark, do you want to go first? Who's going to be the MVP? Oh, geez, you know, I'm, I'm still I'm still on fucking... Um... I'm still on. Uh, go on, Ivy. Good, good vibes. I, I would mention. Um, there, there is a couple of things that I, I have to honorable mentions. Let's call them that. Brock Purdy has to be the surprise of the year for something different. I loved, well, loved Joe Mixon in Week 18 when he did the coin flip celebration. Um, after what had been a really strange week and weird emotions. Um, following what had happened, obviously in the Bills Bengals game, I think that was just something like. It summed up something like that we hadn't seen before, obviously, with Damar Hamlin. And then standout of the year has to be the draft classes from Seattle and the Jets. The two of them had impact players straight off the bench, which was insane. And then the LOL of the year was obviously the Kansas City merry-go-round. That has to uh, be mentioned. Against the Raiders. About it. You have that was to our talk second highest TikTok video all year. If you I haven't seen it, it, go to NFL Ireland on TikTok. That's right. We're down with the kids. I'm never going to say that ever again. Uh, MVP. I'll go first if no one's going to do it. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's going to win the MVP of the league next year. Um, I did say on the show's production notes that let's go with outside choices. He technically is if you go outside of Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Um, do you know what? Let's give an MVP honorable prediction Okay, at the same time. So for me, the MVP will, will be Justin Herbert. I think the Chargers will win the AFC West. As of right now, as of February 2023, we've got six months to go, seven months to go. Jesus, my bold prediction is Tom Brady will play next season. Oh, <laughs> I don't think he's done, and I can't even tell you why I think that. I don't think he's done. I think he'll play for the Raiders next year. Sticking 100%. with it, that's insane. See, I, I'm, I'm sticking with it, but I. I really believe Did he's going to play football Did you literally not season. see the people that were selling jars of sand from where he retired? I did, but I think it's something finished. convinces me, Michaela, hand of God, something convinces me, and I'm not putting my career in the line here by saying I think it will 100% happen. 70% I think Brady plays next year. I think he comes back in does. two months. I think he goes to Vegas and he tries to win it in Vegas when the, when the Super Bowl is in Vegas. I don't think he's done. Uh, I think it'll stun people, but it shouldn't because the guy retired last year and came back before Lent was over. So I'm not, I'm not having it. Uh, Mark, who is your MVP and bull prediction for this season? I definitely missed the note saying that it had to be an outside the box, but I, I do have one though. I, just thinking about San Francisco and how they played this year when they do settle their quarterback situation i think that christian mccaffrey given the full year like talk about outside the box it obviously does not go to a running back that often the mvp so i look it'd be insane if he was able to do it but he played like he was the most attractive player to watch for me this year outside of quarterback i suppose you do have to put that nugget in there but i had to watch the 49ers because i had to see what christian mccaffrey was doing so in terms of an mvp i'm going to go in that direction the ball prediction doesn't actually come in the season but i think we're going to see massive trades this off season last year obviously we had the likes of aj brown switching teams we had tyreek hill switching teams there's a lot of players whether it's their contract is too large or their team is going nowhere that they could be, you know, not jumping ship, but even there's there's no room for them where, you know, the head coach has changed, so it makes sense to move on as they go in a different direction. So I think, um, could we see a better off-season of trades than even last year? Uh, if anybody dares to get traded on Paddy's Day, good luck to you. Michaela, who's your MVP slash I'm so annoyed because you, you robbed mine. I think it's going to be a bold prediction. That is crazy saying bold 
or back, but I think it's Justin Herbert as well. If I was going for bold, if I was going for obvious, I'd say Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow. I actually think it will be Joe Burrow realistically, but I think it's going to be Justin Herbert as well. Um, I'd be more confident in that if they got a new head coach because I'm not that confident in their head coach. Um, judging by how they played last year and considering they do have a top five quarterback and they played very pretty last year. But, you, you know, they they should have been winning more games and I think they were a disappointment for a lot of people. I know you might go pick them. I think they won the Super Bowl last year. So, um. Yeah, I think, you know, if her, I think Herbert, he kind of just needs to up his game a little bit, you know, kind of you're looking at Lamar, uh, not even Lamar, you're looking at, um, you know, Mahomes, Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow. I think he needs to step his game up a little bit, competing with those guys. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say Justin Herbert for an outside of the box vote. And what's, your, then, what's your bold prediction? Bold prediction. Mm. We'll, we'll do a proper one in like June, like a proper massive episode where we go mad. But yeah, what, what's your bold prediction? Bold prediction. Ah, let's just say the Denver Broncos are going to be in the AFC Championship game. Oh, I'd really like that. It'd be nice. Yeah, I think I really think they got a good one in Sean Payton and think he'll get the best over Russell Wilson. So I can see it happening, even though they were atrocious this year. Well, our, our, our next podcast is going to dive into detail on that. So you can definitely stay along, folks, in the next few days because this is the end of this podcast. Um, hey, we'll give you, I'll give you one more one to um, sign off on, Michael. I don't know if it's bold anymore. It might be too obvious. An Irish man plays in the NFL in 2023. Okay. I'll add one more very quickly. I think a team will either play the Chiefs and then the Patriots in Germany or the Bills in London as the away team and have a home game in London. I think you'll see something like that happen. Sorry, I have to wrap my head around that. So someone plays an away game in Germany and a home game in London. That's insane. I I think the Jaguars could play the Bills and then play a home game in Wembley the week after. Or I think the Patriots could play the Chiefs and then play a home game in Germany the week after. I'm just putting it out there. Bold That's class. That's right, class. Here. Yeah, I love that. That's good for, uh, for NFL fans in Europe. That's insane. If they pull that off, that's big strides being made over here. Probably I won't, even but think... it's, it's bold predictions, like too. Yeah, but that that goes to show the whole. That's that would be so smart. I'd love to see. It was a it was a concept that I'd never thought about before. Now, because you're not going to get the same team back to back in London. But if we're talking about actually bringing teams over here, like to permanently move, and I know this is a whole pipe dream that's going to go on for the next 10 years that's insane that's cool we even have a podcast coming out either on sunday or monday looking at the head coaching hires across the league but for now you can follow us on all forms of social media at nfl ireland you can follow us on our own social accounts i forgot what they are so we're going to put it in the bio and please do folks if you do like this please like share subscribe comment please leave a rating on the podcast it will literally sadly make my week uh, thank you so much it's log a file talk to you soon.